Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Paula Price Show. It's another Thursday, Dr. Price. Amen. It's Amen. been a week, and this week was very fast. The whole week was fast. We started out with the snow on Sunday. We did. Remember the snow? They gave everybody a little bit of downtime. I bet y'all all loved that, didn't you? <laughs> we did. <laughs> but and but you didn't bring any downtime word, and we appreciate that it was it was still an uptime, on time. Where is the time, honey? Word. But you know, um, I have a. Do you remember what we talked about Sunday? Because I've lived so much life since then. Your thoughts. My thoughts. You were continuing with the thoughts, the thoughts of our mind and what we're meditating on and how it's getting us into trouble. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my And that's where we are right now, the thoughts. And, you know, I mean, come on, today, what's the big deal? These, You know, all of these occultists messing with your thoughts. Yes. You know, everything is about how to break your thoughts and break through your thoughts and mm-hmm. all those other good things that they need to control. And saints used to have access and power of until we got so religious. I finally realized religious is a very interesting word. Okay. And because I realized we think religious is about, you know, rhetoric and doctrine we don't like and things, but um, I realized that religious is, is, is any way of thinking that is confined to worship and ritual. Okay. And doctrine and dogma. And so I am, I'm thinking about this only because when I was, I'm on this series, what is our series? Watching your words, watching your words. Cause you know, saints, we used to have, have a thing where we watched our words. I'm, I don't know about you all. I could talk to some of my audience folks here and we all remember, you know, one thing we can say about them is, you know, brother Hagen had us watching our words and you know, we didn't have a lot of mess. No, we didn't have all no. of this. And so, you know, so we watch our words, but how are we watching our words? I'm going to put this up on the screen in about a minute, if that's okay with you, um, Apostle. Yes, and we'll go live when you do. I love it. All right. Okay, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to flip off and after I lay this out. But God has given me a very interesting word for today. How did you do that? Here we go. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. All right. So anyway, but but when I was teaching that we're in this series, watching your work. Ready? Ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hi, social media. Hi, Block Talk. Wait. You know, Block Talk are you the elder brothers, elder sisters 
You all are the the firstborns. Blog talk. We are the blog talk here somewhere. Anyway. Speaker. Speaker. Blog talk. <laughs> so you are um you all are first, so welcome. I know we don't most people are in Facebook Live and YouTube. Bless God. However way you catch us, thank you for catching us. Yes. So I've been on a series in church, and so some of you all have been catching the teachings, and we're talking about watching your words. Now, we're not just watching your words so that you don't curse or watching your words so you don't sin. It's watching your words to not diminish your power. Mm. See, there is power not only in words, but there are powers in your soul, and soul power is essential, but it's also nurtured by right speaking. So the the series has been watching your words, and so we've done the words, we've done the ear to hear, the hearing ear, we've done the mouth, all of the organs that go into voicing your thoughts. God says in Jeremiah that your thoughts bear fruit. What is that fruit? Words. He said, I'm going to bring your thoughts on you. And so today we're in a time where um, everybody is, is researching, experimenting, and digging into as well as exposing the inner being. Everybody in, on your insides. We got the inner brain, inner thoughts, inner mind, inner, inner whatever's in there. Emphasis has extended, I won't say it's shifted, but emphasis has extended from the outer man to the inner being, because all of us have reached a point in our knowledge pathway that we recognize that everything begins from the inside out. You know, you are what you eat. Well, your soul is what you speak, and that's important. If food is what you eat, then your soul is what you speak. And Proverbs says it. It says the ear tests words the way the palate or tongue tests food. So your soul is literally what you eat. It's comprised of what you eat um, intellectually, what you eat emotionally, all of that just like your body. So the vitamins and the health regimens of the soul is controlling your words, watching your words. In order to do that, you must manage and and regulate your thoughts. There are certain thoughts should never, ever make it out of your mouth. And we used to know that. Now we're under the destruction of righteousness and the deterioration of good by evil. So because of that, you are being compelled to say anything that comes to your mind. Because the spirits that are attacking the, attacking the body of Christ, attacking the world, humanity, want you to constantly curse yourself. Why do you think cursing is such a big deal in arts and entertainment? You think it's because it's your liberty, because you're free to, to either heal or, or heal or harm, because you're free to cure, cure or curse? No, it's because they're, the spirits of doom, etc., only mobilized and are only authorized by words, like everything else in creation. Everything in creation is authorized by words. Everything. Everything. 
Because, you, you know, you could say, well, you know, uh, even with the mute, the mute, they have to sign it out. I'm going to the store. And then you're at the store. Okay. Oh, when you're at the store, I'm at the store. So everything, because God said in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So you don't realize that while you're exercising your carnal rights, because see, there are carnal rights and there are spiritual rights. And so you're exercising your carnal liberties. You know, uh, Galatians 5, those are carnal liberties now. They, we used to restrain them, and now we, re- we rejoice in them and we revere them. So you can make it in television if you can take off your clothes and if you can cuss. You can make it in media if you can cuss, if you can do the seven deadly sins, if you can move into evil. Why is that? If you watch, and I do watch, because see, half of the reason why we're here is because y'all were told not to watch anything. Watchmen that don't watch, he's like blind, he said, watchmen don't watch are like blind guard dogs. That's what he said. It's in the Bible, I promise you. <laughs> so watchmen who don't watch are like blind guard dogs. Or greedy dogs, which means you can feed them and keep, and keep them quiet. So you're, you, you don't understand. Everything right now, because we didn't watch, has now risen up as the adversary of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the adversary of what he stands for, righteousness, truth, mercy. I've come that they have life, not lies. Life. I've come that they may have life and it life more abundantly. Not abundant lies. See, and so we're running on right now, John 844, your father, the devil. And so you have got to recognize that when you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, every time you curse, you curse on God's altar and curse in his face. That's what the problem is with Christians cussing. You cussing out God. You're cussing at God. And a lot of people cuss it. And, you know, and I, I mean, when I was in some of those churches in Europe before 20 years ago, they were cussing in church and whatnot, pulpit like we're doing today. I want you to understand, cursing is a spirit. Curse words is a spirit. They're spirit words. They are the utilities of doom. Cursing is the utility of doom. Write that down. Cursing is the utility of doom. The problem is because when things begin in the spirit, they can take decades or millennia to manifest. You don't realize it. And so by the time your your cursing has fully constructed the doom that goes with it, it's falling on your kids or it's falling on you in old age. Because remember, everything spiritual has no no um, don't, has not the same restrictions or the same governors as everything natural. But if there are natural governors, you need to know they they are born out of spiritual ones. So you you I mean you walk around it, you got your you sit up in church with a pastor that's cussing. He's preaching the gospel of doom. Because words have they do more than paint pictures. They mobilize spiritual resources or unseen resources that are to materialize in a life. So words mobilize resources. They just go after it, and they just, you know, they start coming up. That's why words echo in your brain. That echoing word in your brain 
See, that's, that's, that's an active word. That word is acting on the sound. So you're first getting the sonar. So the, the whole sonic side of cussing is to create rings of power and light and that send out signals to invisible spirits to go after what you said or to manifest it. Go find it a body, go find it a life, go find it a situation, and manifest it. I, I hope, is this speaking to, uh, uh, you all getting this? Yes. Because you are so proud of yourself that you're so free from religion, you don't realize that you have disconnected yourself from Christ. I think the major thing saints need to do this year is separate their religion, their faith from the man, Christ Jesus. That is what apostles do. Apostles are going to deal with the man, Christ Jesus, if they're real and if they're mature. If they're not, they're going to deal with all of the extensions and all of the byproducts of Jesus Christ. Religion is a byproduct. It is not a product. It's a byproduct. Rituals are byproducts. It's kind of like, you know, red dye, number two. It's, it's, it's body parts crunched up in your sausage. Religion, ritual, faith is an evidence. Faith is an evidence. It, it's, a, it, it's a substantial evidence. So if you have faith in cussing, it's going to show up in your sloppy life. Because you, blessing and cursing can't come out of the same mouth, can't come out of the same, the same stream, same fountain. So if you are like, you'll know how saved you are by what the first words that come out of your mouth when you hurt yourself, stump your toe. Oh, yes. <laughs> or you run down a string of cuss words. I want you to do so you can understand what, what your life is being infested or infected with. Do a study of the cuss words. Look up why the F word is so important to Hollywood. Why is it so important to actors, writers, screenwriters, screenplay? Look up what does that word release? Because it could be even something as simple. Now, I know. But since I'm not trying to get this rated X, I'm trying. But look up what these words mean, you know, because there's a reason why they have to say it 27 times in a two-hour movie, a 90-minute movie. Oh, yes. I, and honey, those that are coming on, on Netflix, they are spewing. Yes. Why? Because if words are spewed, what did it say about the dragon? It said the dragon spewed. <laughs> and what is, what is he spewing? Blasphemy. Foul profanity. And so now profanity has become art. You can artistically, you know, cuss somebody else. Just like they try to tell you that pole dancing is an art. It's swinging on a dirty pole, rubbing your crotch against the last one's dirt. That's pole dancing. Just because you do it well, and you only do it that well because you're hot. You look in those women's eyes, they're they gone. You look, there's nobody home. It's their eyes are blank. I don't care if it's a Hollywood show, a porn thing, or whatever. They're gone. And you know why? Because the body is not meant to self-destruct. So when you start doing things that begin to self-destruct your soul, you've got to check out because you have to shut down the life codes and the fight for life that is built in every soul. Isn't that something? That's why people have to get high to do vulgar things. 
especially if they were raised in the light. When they, in order for them to survive the darkness, they've got to shut the light off in their brain so that the memories are filed anonymously. So they have to get high. And so the brain understands that it, 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 its guards are literally taken offline. Because that's what addictions do. Takes your guards and your judgments offline. So once they're offline, there is nothing to fight them. There is nothing to restrict them. But there's also nothing to filter. So then the body becomes an automaton. It just does what the brain says. You hear, and they tell you it happens. Yeah, I'll just check out. Well, I'll just close off. Well, I'll just take my mind someplace else. If you got to take the, the second most important part of your your physiological self, and put it off somewhere, you already know you ought not to be doing what you're doing. See, you, that's not religion. That is not re- religion. That is psychological hygiene. See, some of you all are just psychologically dirty or soiled or sullied, and you know it. And your soul, see, the the soul, the makeup, the invisible side is the side that's got to deal with the world world of truth. And truth does not have room for a lie. Truth will let you cover it. Truth will let you bury it. But one thing it won't let you do is destroy it. And so when people, when people are, in a place when they tell you, well, you know, I just, I don't even think about it. That tells you that they're overtaken by a higher power, a higher force. And the force they're overtaken by is a destructive one because the creator of the human soul is like the creator of everything else good in this life. It protects it, upholds its, its cause, upholds its purposes and its uh, functions and uh, productivity. So when you look at these people and they're doing all of that, you know, the soul is so smart that it will allow you to infect it. It will allow you to inject things into it. But when you get to a point that you've turned off all of its life, it will begin to reproduce the commands, the new commands you gave it. The soul will fight for a long time, which is what we call conscience. Conscience is your soul fighting. What we call what we call shame. Shame is your soul's inflammation. So when you numb that, numb those soul instincts and those soul particulates, you begin to numb them, neutralize them. Then what your soul will do is say, okay, so we're undergoing a change. We're undergoing an overhaul. And in that overhaul, the soul then literally cuts off and packs away everything that's about life. Because the more you erode it, the more there's not the next guy or the next particulate, if you will, to fight and defend. So when the fight, the, the assault overwhelms the defenders, the soldier says, well, you know what? You're gonna, I'm just not going to help you out. Now, when you get to the point that it doesn't help you out, you have to replace those life codes that you have shut off with something that at least the function they served. So now you have to functionalize your will to live 
and your will to love and your will to be happy with something else. And those are substance abuses. Those are your drugs. That is your extremism. That is your sex drive. That is your immorality. That is your your rage. All of that, which is why Jesus can say your soul now has to be replenished with what you say will keep you alive, happy, and active. You don't realize that this is not, this may be different for you to hear from me, because you know, I hear y'all, some, some of you all right back, I don't know, I don't get Most of you get it, so I'm proud of you, because most of you keep up with the Holy Ghost. But we got a couple of lag behind. And so what you have to recognize is that the, we don't put enough emphasis in the human soul which is why we're, ha- we're developing our soul of success center because the church can talk about the spirit all day long, but see, the spirit is from them, is them to God. The soul is them to the world, and that is why worldliness is overrun the church because the worldliness or the world's weapons and the world's uh, witness and culture and all of that stuff, they are the erasers of life. So they literally are putting the black light in you. And Jesus said, beware that the light in you is not darkness. So you say, well, I don't know why we never really kind of got into this, never never heard of this, because without the strong, for example, the strong material foundations of Jesus Christ, without the elements and the rudiments and the components of eternity, from God's realm to yours, you literally can be changed into anything. God put his word in you because he wanted you to have a choice and not be compelled to sin or not be left with only a sin option. So we took the Bible away from you. Your pastor said we don't have to do that, and they started teaching, you know, Christian psychology and having Christian therapy, the problem is they use the text and the implement from the same thing that slaughtered you in the first place. So they started using, even now, you look at those ancient arts that you all are so proud of, you know, y'all excited about those ancient arts. You don't realize that that's what Satan used to kill Adam. So it can't give you life. You're so excited with the therapies, and, and, and Lord, let's not talk about, you know, the, your, your liberty to, to just be yourself, however that is. Yourself was killing you before you took that liberty. You didn't need anybody to liberate you to sin, sin and self-destruct. You needed somebody to liberate you from them by giving you another option. See, it's the optionizing that you fell prey to. And they told you that option was the liberation of your free will. You understand that in God's realm, free will does not mean the same thing to the Almighty who gave everybody a will as it does to those of us, bless your heart, Jesus, to those of us who are exercising it on a, under the commandments of men. See, in God's realm, free will means that he came to set you free from the law, sin, and death that he imposed on those who were born to Adam and to give you the freedom to choose him, not to choose you. 
See, we don't understand that. And we've got preachers that say, yeah, well, that's religious and legalistic. No, it's not. That is God giving you a, a, a thinking window to exercise your free will to choose life and not death. He did it with Israel when they came out of Egypt. He said, listen, I set before you death and life. Nobody ever asked, why isn't it life and death? He says, I set before you death and life. Choose life that you may live. Why? Death is a default on earth. Earth, truly, you have to get that. Please hear me. Because some of you all, you're sitting there saying this doesn't feel right, but my pastor says it's right. It doesn't feel right, but my prophet says it's okay. It doesn't feel right, but my apostle approves it. So you're a caught in the grip because you're literally being released to the default called death and told that you should not feel discomforted because the, the rules of life are legalistic. The rules of life are religious. See, I keep telling you, God has no religion. He has himself and his offspring that he redeems from the curse of the law. See, God has the Godhead and his body. That's it. When you get, they're not going to have denominations in heaven. I promise you, they will not denom anybody. They're not going to name anybody who's going to run off in his own populace. Because everything belongs to the king. So the Bible says Jesus is gathering into one all things that were in heaven and on earth and in hell at the time because he was going to to hell to get the people. So you you all are having all of these big old brouhaha's over relation of religion and and and, and doctrine and, and and you know male female gender and all that kind of stuff. God doesn't have that. The reason homosexuality cannot be in heaven is because God is a person and He's not a homosexual. So you can live on earth as a as a as a wandering star or a wayward self. But the man, Christ Jesus, is not homosexual because everything that he has is so pervasive, he, we'd be all or nothing. So he has one form, one form of himself, which is human, the human form. But he split his human form into male and female. He did it in eternity because there's no, no marriage in eternity. There's no sex in eternity. So you can be homosexual all day long. You're going to hell because there's no place for you in heaven. And God will lovingly send you to hell. I know that's right. See, Pete, you, they keep saying, well, I think we're going to hell. You can't go to heaven because you need to be sexually active and sexually defined to, to be who you are, to be that third, that perverted gender. There's no place for you there. Because when he made a male and female, he did not make them man and woman in, in the spirit realm. He made a male and female. Man and woman came in the flesh when he put the body, the earth clay on them. So this has nothing to do with bias, has nothing whatever to do with prejudice. It doesn't even have anything to do with the human science. It has everything to do with us being made in the image and the likeness of God. He did not give himself a third gender. Now this has, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can say, well, I was born this way. You were, which is why you need to be born again. Because that model failed God. 
that model brought into existence, that model being made of Adam's fallen Adam, fallen cursed Lucifer called Satan, it, it, it strikes me he goes back to his pre-fall name. And folk think that, he, that God allowed that. No, that's a seduction. And so it's made of, it's made of the Godhead, fallen Adam, and losing and renounced or re-retrofitted, because God just retrofitted of, of, of Satan back to death. So you've got three elements in humanity, hallelujah, and if we say Adam before the fall, Adam after the fall, but see, it, it, that won't fit. And you know why? Because he started having children after he fell and started belonging to Satan. So the third option comes from Satan. That's, Satan is the father of third, of, of, of really, of literally cosmetic genders. Or practitioner genders. That's why they can't reproduce. Because if everything in the Godhead reproduces. They cannot, re- so God's issue is just really, I got no use for you and you have no place with me. I did not create a place for you, which is why I sent my son. Yeah, you can be born that way. Just like you can be born um, deformed or dysfunctional in every other area, you can be born with a sexual dysfunction, but it is a dysfunction. The appetite for it did not come from the Almighty. First of all, God's not having sex up there, so there you couldn't have got that from God. (laughs) So they can preach all of that stuff, but you need to understand that stuff is preached from ancient religions. That's Buddha. That's Hindu, that's Brahma. And we can go down the line. Dionysus, Antinius, okay? So we, you understand, these are all other gods, and they are, they are not in the Godhead. The Godhead is three. God the Father, the Maker. God the Son, the Savior, and the Maker. And then God the Holy Ghost, the Breeder, the Maker, and the Embodier. See, this is why you need an education beyond what's traditional, because there are a lot of things that have come out that alters traditional theology. I could stand here and tell you, like many other preachers, God didn't make uh, Adam and Steve, he made Adam and Eve, but that doesn't speak to you, because you're dealing with the passion of a demonic spirit that was either given in your life that has a right to you because of your life. That's why it happened to you when you were little or one that you're adopting because you're rejecting the way, the truth, and the life. So either way, you're authorizing this, but you're also, don't start talking about something wrong with us. We homophobic and caring. No, no, no. The problem is not a phobia. We need to understand, we're not homophobic. We're homo-truth. We're homo-voracious. We are the verity of the Almighty. So I'm not afraid of what you do. But I do feel like, as it is my charge from the Almighty, that you understand that your choice. Christians, stop bashing God. Stop bashing Jesus Christ. Stop bashing Christianity because somebody chose, chose to live forever in a place, the only place where they can live, their, live out forever their choice for perverted sexuality. There's no sex in heaven. None. That's why half of the people wonder why they, if they want to go or not. That's fine. I'm going. And I'm not going to leave a light on for you or set a place for you at the table. 
See, you have to look at this thing because the church, we put the church under a, 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 what do you call it, God, under a dome, kind of like this spiritual dome, so you are disconnected with the eternality of your existence. It is a big deal when I say to you Christianity is the only, the only faith, religion, if you will, that came to earth. That's why none of the ancient Eastern ways fit it. Its job is to attack them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by neutralizing them, not the people. So they're trying to neutralize Christianity by making you feel bad if you don't feel sorry for a homosexual person. I do feel sorry for them. I, I promise you I do. I feel so sorry for them that I got the answer and I'd be glad to give it to them. I'd be glad, be glad to give them their options back because everybody born in Adam dies. We're all dead. In Adam, all die. First Corinthians 15. So everything that comes out of the Adamic story, I don't care if it's the Persian version, I don't care if it's the, if the, uh, the Eastern version, I don't care if it is the island version, the Polynesian version, everybody born in Adam dies. You can't get around it because that's what took him over in the garden when the serpent convinced him to eat. That whole tree was a death set, full of death set. So when they ate from that tree, it's kind of like if you eat from a tree right now that is infected, contaminated, you just eat the fruit, but you get, you get everything that was in that tree. Every disease, bugs, you name it, you get it because you ate the fruit thereof. That, and if you are a real thinker, thought leader, you would sit down and explore what that must have been like. So you go to the store, you buy this wonderful apple, peach, pear, because God never said it was an apple. It could have been a watermelon. They were big people. We don't know. A lot of seeds in a watermelon. <laughs> pomegranate. Could have been a pomegranate. A lot of seeds in a pomegranate. <laughs> but whatever fruit it was, and the reason God withheld the name of the fruit is because he knew the minute people took over his fallen angel, they would be susceptible to anything being called a God. Isn't that what we all today? You all want to call anything a God simply because it's bigger and better than you or it makes you feel bigger and better. And so when, when, they, when, when he ate from that tree, I love the way God does things. When he ate from that tree, he was literally saturated with everything in that tree. Key, number one of which was mortality. Because Adam was immortal. He wasn't eternal, but he was immortal. And so mortality began, began to literally saturate his life's blood. It became the blood flow. That's why the blood kills. So it takes the blood to make a lot. So the blood died. And it died and everywhere blood goes. And since blood is the one tissue that touches Everything on the inner person, it is important to life. So Adam eats from this tree. Everything that God put on Satan for his failed coup, hallelujah, God passed on to Adam. Satan passed on to Adam by entering him. So Adam, and it has to, we could talk about Eve all day long, because I know we like to talk about Eve, but Eve had the egg, and she needed the sperm to do what she had to do. But the sperm, the seed, could work without all of that other stuff at the time. So the 
all Adam's sperm, every sperm in him and every sperm in the sperm, every seed and the seed and the seed and the seed, all died. Romans 5, 12 through 14 tells you this. So death is everywhere. You can't, and I mean everything. Everything in Adam died, and then God had to turn around, which is really tragic when you think of it, and slaughter everything on earth so that, so that it, would not, it would not destroy Adam because it was pure and righteous. So the earth was downgraded so that Adam could maintain dominion over it. Creatures, animals were downgraded so that Adam could maintain dominion over them, and they would not destroy him. So we think we know. Now, I'm preaching the gospel, and I'm, I'm sharing this with you because this is a large part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Price University, we have a course called the Gospels. And it's the Gospels, the, the way it was given to and disseminated by God's authoring mantles, his, the scriptures um, that were authored or sent to earth. So apostles hear the gospel and read the Bible differently. A pro- prophets do. Prophets, prophets captured the first part, which is the humanist part, the human part, the earth realm part. That's what Israel was at that time to God. They were his first corporeal human nation. No one, now, he owned them all, but he begot only one. He put the spirit of birthing, the spirit of reprodu- reproduction and progenitorship, his own, in Israel. That's what the circumcision was about, that people would understand that these people are different because their God is different. They don't belong to the God of the world. Now, when we come down to Jesus, you know, when he steps, steps out of Yeshua and into, uh, out of Yahweh into Yeshua, is something else. So now Jesus said, I, under Israel, I was your rescuer. And I pulled you out of the fiery furnace. I was your deliverer. Under Yeshua, I am your redeemer. He said, now, I redeemed your flesh by sending Moses, but I'm redeeming your entire being myself because I'm the one who made you. It was my breath that went into Adam. So, when you think about this, I hope this is making sense to you, but when you think about why all of this is, is important and why God has issues with certain things, God has issues with, listen to this, adultery, fornication, bigamy, and homosexuality. What do they all have in common? Sex. Sex. You understand that the things that God with, has an issue with all have to do with illicit sex. Because sex is cursed outside of marriage. Because sex is how Satan began to reproduce himself. He couldn't reproduce himself the way God brought Jesus. He couldn't just speak a sperm into a woman's womb. So God has to say, to save your your soul, to to renew your soul, to save your spirit, he had to himself die as a human, made of the same stuff that he for ages brought humanity in existence with. 
So they can talk to me all day long, and they can say, well, I just don't believe the Bible. You don't have to believe the Bible, baby. You dying. You do not look 23. I don't care how many surgeries you had. I don't care how many nip tuck, clipping sucks you had. You don't look like you are. They try to tell us that Cindy Crawford looks a certain way. I'm like, her eyes used to be up here. I can see that they're falling. Okay? So her jaw, her ears used to be here. I can see that they're falling. Now her skin is good, good pretty. Pretty skin, flawless, but things are not in the same place because the law of sin and death works. And it works not only against our will, it works against our ways. It works against our wants. And so you go, and these people, but she looks like she's not a day over 23. Yeah, but you notice that when they put her next to the 23-year-old picture, things are low. Because we're falling to end up back to the dust. This is falling. See, because you have to look at, see, you, you are so quick to say, yeah, but her skin is pretty. Her skin is pretty, but her eyes are old. Her eyes have seen a lot of life like the rest of us. We've all seen a lot of life, and it shows up in our eyes. That bright, sparkle, shiny thing that you have in your 20s because you know nothing, you did nothing, and you want everything. <laughs> Honey, that's the thing. You got stars, and all the stars have turned to comets. <laughs> our stars are no longer starry, baby. They are like comets. They're just trying to roam through just to survive all of the terrors of creation of the universe. So when I look at that, see, I don't buy that lie. You buy the lie because you look at the, the veneer. You, do you, does it, should we get our product as good as that girl looks? Yeah, you should get it if you feel like that's going to help you, but don't think it's going to turn back the hands of time. It's just going to move a few cranks, rinks, chinks. It's going to move back. And it's also going to make you feel better about yourself. But those are all superficial. The substance of life is that from the dust you came to the dust you will return. Nothing that comes out of the dust will live forever. Nothing. That is the phenomena of Jesus Christ putting his old body back on. Because nothing, I don't care how great, uh, you know, because I, I, I was watching a show, and they were talking about, well, yeah, we're going to build a levee that can withstand anything that can come to earth. First of all, y'all don't even know what can come to earth. Jupiter fall down here, we gone. I don't care about your levee. We get a, a planet that drops out of place. We get an asteroid that's the size of 10 Jupiters. Earth's gone, and nobody and nobody be around to say your, your, your levee didn't work. Because <laughs> you and your levy are dead. <clears throat> and so what we do, and, and, and even explaining the things that I explained to you today about homosexuality, we need to take our, take our anger and ire on God and put it where it belongs. Adam chose to kill you. That was, that was the exercise of his free will. Marriage got us in this mess. That was the, that's the exercise of their free will. Cain decided to behave like his dad, and his first act as a son was to kill his brother. See, those are real. And you could say, I don't believe. I listen to people say that all the time. I'm like, but you're still dying. You're still getting old. We still have accidents. You still don't know what's around the corner. You still don't know what you're going to eat tomorrow. You, you don't have that. I don't care how far in the future you go. You can't really name everything. 
Even those people who say I can see into the future, they see on one line, one little beam of light, because omniscience belongs to um, Almighty. So the very things that are supposed to make you a God, you can't live up to. Not even a fallen God. You got to get your advance and your information from them, and they got to get their advance information from them looking at the way life has always been under the heavens. So there's that ecclesiastical prophecy. You know, the Ecclesiastes, Solomon, life under the sun. Life under, you don't know what, the, what life over the sun is. We got a president that the, that the most powerful, supposedly divine communicants in the world didn't pick up. And he doesn't care. He's still just doing what he called to do because he heard it. God talked to him. He probably didn't believe the Lord because, I mean, who would believe that? Like, what? But how, that's proof that you all don't know. That's why you're, you're rushing so hard to scrub him out. You're rushing so hard to discredit him because he humiliated y'all all got egg on your face, and you're still trying to clean it off. You're going to wear that little omelet for a while. So says Jesus Christ. But you, all, you understand that all of this stuff that you all feel about Trump is because the people who backed the wrong horse are struggling and suffering with the loss. There's nothing pure about this. Nothing is ever pure until you get the injection of the Lord Jesus Christ or the Godhead. Nothing pure. Because you can say all day long, I mean, you can tell that when a person wants a lie, truth doesn't speak to them. They can see truth. I do not have a bump right here. It's oozing, running all down, crusting, carrying on. And every time you look at it, the devil that caused it gives you a pristine view. I know this because you have to fight this all the time. So when I think about what's, what heaven is, heaven is not a Caribbean vacation. Heaven is not a long layoff, your final layoff. It's not your ultimate resting place. It's your place of rest. It is, a, it is literally an entire massive sphere with civilizations and populations that have been joining it since the garden. Now, it existed. Remember, of those angels existed. Where did you get those cherubim from? So they had to be somewhere, and those cherubim were Satan's old work buddies. That's why they can keep them out. Because, see, he, those were his co-workers. Because he was a cherubim. I know y'all think he was an archangel. That's not what it said. He arced himself. But they were cherubim. And, and when God gets finished, you're going to see the fallen, dilapidated cherubim. Mm-hmm. Not the illusions that he keeps spinning off. Because you're going to see a cherub. You're going to see the little dusty, raggedy feathers. You're going to see the old age, dilapidated hands and fingers that covered. And he'll be a standalone cherub. But he was a cherub. And you need to stop thinking he's an archangel because he wasn't. That's self-promotion. Obviously, he envied Mike and Gabe. When you want to think God right, revelation comes. When you want to prove God wrong, ignorance, ignorance comes. 
God just turns off the light because God is truth. So when you think about the afterlife, you know, when you, when you, and you got all of these religions, they're not giving you a better afterlife. Basically, they talking about the same afterlife that God told you was not real. <laughs> when, you, when, you are, when you sit and you talk about I'm a, a Christian Buddhist, you, first of all, Christ can't take Buddha. So you have to understand Buddha has no place in God's world because he's a fabrication. Story, his doctrine, fabrication. There is no place in God's world, and heaven is not a vacation and is not a static, um, what do you call it, static spiritual geographic place. It's not that. Heaven is vibrant. There are people there of all kinds, people there who do, man, I'm telling you, it is like nothing you can dream, and they work. And why are they working? You think you were going to lay around and, and under trees and eat fruit, or you were going to... Walk around heaven all day doing. Now, first, who in the world want to aimlessly walk around anyway? But I said before, you don't walk, walk around your neighborhood. You're like, oh, I'm getting in my car. That's just too far. But heaven is this world to the literal eternal power. They have buildings that don't rot. They have jobs where people go to. There are levels and stratas to get to. They're almighty. At every level, there's government. At every level, there is um, guidance. At every level, there is occupation. Every one of them. And nobody hates their job. Nobody hates their world. Nobody hates their neighbor. And everyone loves their God. You can tell that by when, when the, the anointed cherub said, I'm going to be like the most high. He, what was he, why why was, he, was he aspiring to that? Because they're well-beloved, well-respected, well-revered. He wanted that. He didn't get that because he was creature. He, he was literally handmade by God, not begotten, and that's the problem. So when you think, that you can go ahead on and, and, and introduce all the, because, you know, that's what the cultists and humanists tell you. You can, you can, we're just going to go up there and fix it. We're going to fix everything. They tried that. You understand. What they're telling you they're going to do, they tried that. It didn't work, which is why they are with you and not there. So it sounds great. These movies that you're going to watch, you're going to watch this movie about Satan, and you're going to wonder if it's so. Make sure you share this with everybody. Everybody, share, 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 so I can answer questions before they get them. The life on the flesh to subsist or exist goes to the dust. The soul takes care of everything that is immaterial, that is supposed to become the image and likeness of God or be doomed. And you can say it again. I'll say it, uh, I will say it a hundred more times at least. If Jesus went to hell, if God the Father sent Jesus, his beloved son, his first begotten son to hell, who used to be Satan's king, God the Father sent him to hell. How do you think you're going to escape? If you're in love with all of the things that this mortal flesh demands for satisfaction and desire and peace, you, your soul will be literally converted to that. 
if that doesn't fit the kingdom of life, light, and righteousness, you are not going. I know we don't teach heaven and hell any longer, and that's unfortunate because heaven is not just a reward system. It's not just a get-out-of-hell-free job. Heaven is literally the first world of creation. It's the first world. The Godhead is the first family. Now, that may not mean a lot to you until I make this next statement. With the Godhead being the first family, oh, help me, Jesus. Guess what that means? That means that those who are in him are adopted into the first family of all creation. That's why Christianity is a problem on earth. That's why you're a problem. That's why your faith is a problem. Your allegiance is a problem. Your conversion, transformation, your holiness and sanctification, your obedience, your righteousness, your integrity, all of those are problems because they are literally made of the substance and essence as well as the virility and virtue of the first family. Makes it more potent than anything. The weakest thing about you is your flesh. The weakest thing about you is your humanity. When I found out the superiority, the supremacy, even the superlativeness of Christianity, I never, ever doubted my faith again. I don't miss sin. Some of y'all can't get can't be sanctified because you're constantly missing sin. You feel like I'm missing out on some sin. I don't miss sin. I don't miss Satan. I don't miss his, his, his spirit. I don't miss his culture. I don't miss it. Like, I don't yearn for it. It does nothing for me. The only thing I want that Satan has are the souls that Jesus redeemed. Now, that I do want, and I want that because that is my treasure to him. He who wins souls is wise. So I want to give him the souls for him to sanctify and clean up because the Bible says that you get a new body. There is a new body that's made exactly like the civilizations and populations of God's eternal world. That's waiting for you. And it said when God gets ready to take his church, we will all be changed, which means that new body is already under the old. And that old is going to disintegrate. So the whole schema of it. So it's going to materialize. And it's going to materialize as having always been there because it's always been working with you. Or it's been literally stagnated by you. That, you can understand this by uh, thinking of things that happen that you can't explain, never happen again. Abilities you did once and can't do again. Acts that you've done one time and just don't remember your brain. is like, what, what was that? What? what? Oh, you going to tell me something? That new man is working. But see, we don't make it appealing. We make it like it is such a condemnation that is such an inferior, disdainful thing that you don't realize the superiority of what's going on in this thing called Jesus Christ Christianity. There's a reason why Buddha want to be like you. There's, there's a reason why they want to have Buddhistic Christians and Hindu Christians, and not Christians who are Hindu but Hindu Christianity and Wiccan Christian. Why are they chasing us? Because so, we're not chasing them. Only the naive, the real, the, I'm telling you, the real Christian like, what? That's like slumming. That's like step down, down step. You know, going back to your old neighborhood. 
and, and seeing that it's worse than it was and being infatuated and enamored by the worseness of it. I don't know if this is helping you all because you need to share this with everybody you know, but you need to sit down with your kids and play this because your kids don't have answers to why they shouldn't be what the teachers say they ought to be. Just remember this. God has no place for a third gender. There is no third gender option in the Godhead. That is why humanity, humans have got to cosmetically develop them and make them. Because everything God does comes forth autonomic. It works on its own. It works by itself. Nobody got to tell you to grow that hair for puberty, grow the boobs. Nobody got to tell you that. You even, many women hate it, and you know what? It doesn't care. Why? Because it's part of the genetic scheme and strands and makeup that God set in motion in the garden and never had to come back and repeat. Never repeat. Nobody has to tell that voice to change. Nothing. All of that happens by itself. I read an article and said, where, where you can tell when people are deluded, you know, and with, but, but that's, that's why we say that it is not natural. Are you kidding me? You cannot say that's not natural and then say your cosmetic work is natural. Right. You got to make up your mouth. Right. You, oh, you are the cut and paste model. You cut and page model, and you're going to tell the one that can grow with or without you doesn't need a pill to stay what they are, needs a pill to alter it into what you want, and you're going to say, that's unnatural. Why do I have these conversations with you? Because I like to give you not just equip you for ministry, but arm you for its opposition. See, we equipped, but we didn't arm. So you went to a whole lot of equipment classes, but the equipment of the same. We equipped you for ministry. We equipped you. We equipped you as if you were going to work in such a a uh, harmonious climate that it would never ever be tried. Good trainers train you on the problems, not just the solution. Train you on what you will meet. Train you on what you said. So yet, so these people are talking about equipping when all they gave you was how-to classes. So you are laying down with how-to classes how to build a church, how to increase your numbers, how to raise money, how to prophesy, how to preach, how to build a family. Everything was a how-to class. There are a bunch of high-level tutorials. But nothing armed you to keep that which was being entrusted to you. And because they didn't think you had a reason to keep it. Because they, the church, so introverted, so introspective, did not acknowledge the fact that God has an enemy, and every enemy of God's is yours. So if a person is not God's enemy, they won't be yours. Uh-huh. If they're God's enemy, they're going to be yours. So we didn't, we didn't equip. Apostles didn't just quit, equip. If you notice, Paul instructed, taught, Armed and then drilled for a hardworking farmer, endure hardship as a good soldier. You understand that? Train them. If you're you're going to run a race, then you have to run it according to the all of that. We quoted that, but we never integrated that or interlaced that 
in our equipping classes. So we're equipped to preach, prophesy, testify, talk talk aimlessly, talk shamelessly, talk whatever, but we are not prepared to make sure that we win. We are not competitive, competitive, uh, competitive, even if we are at times combative. We've been told that you can't be combative in Christ. I don't know why. He's still fighting. He's fighting for you. He's fighting for the generation to come. He still he has to be combative. And you have to be competitive. We don't train our ministers to compete. Paul said we must compete, only do it according to the rules. But competitiveness is key to our success. We have got to face off and then win souls and lives from darkness. So that means we have to know more about them and know our stuff better than they do. I think my prophets are probably ready to come, and while they're coming, I want to tell you why I have to. Do you see this that I gave you? That's because I, I, I'm not even that. that. Specialists should know this. We are supposed to be God's specialists. We're supposed to be the Messiah's specialists. I'm the expert. That's why I can run all of that down, and you never saw that screen move. <laughs> Yes, we did so much writing. <laughs> With the screen not moving. The screen not moving. Pop it into you. We're going to push this back. You can push this back. All right. It's important. Ooh. It's important that you recognize that we are to go from being Specialist to experts. And we have a class. So I'm going to show you this again because it's important that you see. Let me just pull this out for a minute. Can I see? Can you all see? Well, I pulled it out. So they're, they're, they're on a, you got a free ride. Oh, wait a little I just appreciate how God does what he does. And I appreciate the fact that we need to stop having mediocre. I think that mediocrity has taken us out, uh, you know, lack yeah. of knowledge. I'm going to put this up here so that I'll keep this picture in your mind. It's important that this picture stays in your mind. I want to talk about this just for a minute before we kind of let the power team kick up. You all would like this. I just want you to see the two, what should happen from your training. And if you're going to talk about, well, I am a, 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 a whatever apostle, then you need to understand. Let me just, this is good. Let me just go here. You need to understand that to be a top apostle in God is not the same thing as it is to be a top apostle in Jesus Christ. Because, see, Jesus does not measure by the flesh. He measures by experience and expertise. Educate, I call it the three A's, Apostle Ashley. Three E's? The three E's. You're right. Help me. See why I need her? That's why she's going to keep her job. That's exactly why you're going to keep your job. Isn't that nice? Nobody needs job security. Well, you got it because you helped me get through where I got to go. The three E's. Oh, but they're going to pop up. What? Or is that what you're going to put up? No. Oh. Uh-uh. I should, though, but um, maybe I'll do that by you talking. Hold on. 
you know, not why she does. That did not come out right. <laughs> okay, but while you're doing that, can we talk about the Prophetic Training Institute? Uh-huh. And? and well, the Institute is in June. Oh, yes. Here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, June 19th through the 22nd. We have adjusted the theme. Right, Prophet Adia? Yes. Do you like the adjustment? And it's uh, been adjusted to disrupting prophets of the pagan age, confronting the darkness. Yes. That is where we are. And that is where we're staying. That is where we're staying. Uh, we were doing a review of Dr. Price's broadcast over the last 12 months, and the broadcast with the biggest feedback, the highest response, and viewership are all tied to those themes, knowing that prophets, apostles, fivefold all over the place, are, we're craving to know what are we going to do to get out of this mess. Yeah, that's true. How do we do it in a way that's not just a message, not just a sermon. Ooh, we were so excited. Man, they preached the anointing bell. We laid out. We processed the mouth. I've got 25 prophecies. Mm-hmm. And the problem is still there. <laughs> and getting stronger and stronger. Our, the themes of our speakers are not changing because they all fit into that theme of disrupting prophets of the pagan age, confronting the darkness. We have to disrupt this mess. We have to confront it. And I like how you said today when you talked about that, hold on, how we may not be, we may be confrontative sometimes but not competitive. Yeah. And how we're going to learn at TPCI how to compete. So a few things as far as registration goes, uh, I should say securing your room at the hotel. It's at the Warren Place Doubletree Hotel, not downtown. Tulsa has two Doubletree hotels. So you want to go to the Warren Place. If you've been in Tulsa before, it's the same hotel as last year. Mm. We had a name issue with the room block, which is why there was a problem with some people. Now, plenty of people didn't have issues, and then some people did have issues. So it has been changed, and the room block is now under Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, or TPTI, will get you the right rate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that only took like 15 tries. Like, what is the problem? What is this room block under? And so uh, that has been fixed. And now if you go to get your room for you, your group, you do want to make those reservations, you'll be able to actually connect. Hallelujah. So please make sure you call the right hotel. I because know. the downtown one does not have the information for the Warren Tree one. And you right. can't say, well, can't you just do it for me there? No, because we're not there. No, because we're not. We, no, no. And people think, well, I don't know why you can't do it. Yes. <laughs> so what are some of the things, speakers, do you want to tell us? Well, yes, Dr. Price, uh, we have, huh, this is what I love about the near collaborative. Yeah, we have one of those. Underlined, right, is that we like to collaborate with various people, and some of them are not a part of near officially, but we still collaborate with them. So we have Prophets Hakeem and Naeem Collins. Uh, who are re- they'll be returning? Yeah, we just had a great time. We had them here uh, for business, not for ministry. Although, if we had more lead time, we would have had them here. I would have used them, brother. You would have. <laughs> yes, I, I have work. I got work for them. They would have let the Lord yes, I do. Them. I got plans for them. <laughs> yes, they amazing, did. amazing young men. You yes. know, just trying to make it, growing in God. You know. Oh, but wait, were we just iced in? Was that the same Sunday? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Look how God did that. No, I prayed. I but I'm sure. so they had to. We had to get them out and get them home. But if they say we didn't have church, anyway, we have church. Right. God. Yes. Won't he do it? We'll see about June, maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so they were here. Very, very intelligent. Very intelligent. Studious. 
Young Prophets, and uh, plugged in. And so they're going to be teaching on different aspects of prophetic guardianship. Mm, and we need it. Yes. Um, what I love about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, it is it is an academic scholastic mm-hmm. weekend. It is school. Yeah. We have worship. We like have magic. prophetic ministry. But, mm-hmm. yes, it is school. You will be trained. We have a program for our young people, Prophet Adia. You can speak into what why people, why people need to bring their teenagers. And we do want to emphasize that age. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yes, we'll have uh, the teen profits track for teens that are 7th grade through 12th grade or ages 13 through 17. So they need to either already be in 7th grade or finishing up with 12th grade or going into 12th grade, so that range. Um, you know, teens have a lot of questions about the supernatural. They have a lot of questions about the truth of mm-hmm. God. Yes. Um, why is God real, you know, um, and how he stacks up against everything else that is being pushed. Oh, yeah. You know, in their in their in their school systems because now teens are dealing with so many things, you know, homosexuality is in their face, transgenderism is in their face, uh, sorcery is in their face. Uh, they have a lot of things that they're trying to contend with our Christian teens, and a lot of them are warriors for God. A lot of them want to take a stand for God, and they need tools to be able to help yes. them do that. So we're going to talk about those tools this summer in the Teens Profits track. Um, we're going to ask you parents to really help us with this age range. Um, they need to be teens. They need to be in that teen uh, age. It's not just going Children's Church, so they need to be in that teen range if they're going to be involved in this track. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be powerful because we're going to kind of get to that nitty-gritty yes. using a lot of Dr. Price's material and even some of the subject matter that we've talked about on these shows to help them deal with that too. Sure. Why yes. is transgenderism wrong? Why is the homosexuality they're seeing in their hallways wrong? You know, and a lot of them are passionate, they're fervent, you know, they're going to church and they know that it's wrong. They don't have any means to really talk about it. So we want to help them confront those types of issues. And we also want to bring out and and all of that and bring out those teens that are called of God young. They know that God is calling them to be prophets, to be apostles. We want to talk about that too and their identity, how they can tap into that. Mm -hmm. And so how do they go about signing up. So the I mean, teens can register. Because you know, I'm a family of, of a yes. couple. So if you have parents that, that this is speaking to you and you're saying, I really want my teen to be there, there's a special, uh, actually, just when you're going to register online, you're going to see teen registration. You're just going to click that button. The teen rate is really affordable. We're trying to make this really, really affordable mm-hmm. for teens to come out. So it's not very expensive for you to get a teen ticket to the to TPTI. Mm-hmm. Um, and we encourage you to do that. So just click teen registration and however many teens that will be coming with you. Youth groups, I really encourage you to come yeah. out. So if you're the prophetic apostolic churches and you've got you've got your youth group, let's get them here. Call call mm-hmm. us um, and, and, and either get them under the group rate or I think the teen rate is actually even better for them, mm-hmm. even if you have a group of teens. So um, definitely we want to encourage that those prophetic apostolic youth groups come out, be a part of this with us. And if you're a youth pastor, youth leader, I want you to give us a call. Yes. Call me. I want to hear from you, especially if you want to come out as well and you might want to be a part of the teen track and what we're doing in those evenings. So we'd love to hear from you too. It's really essential. And I do want to revisit the age range is very important because we have to say this because sometimes parents are great. They would show up with their young children and the subject matter that the youth are dealing with is for that age group. Like she said, this is not Sunday school for your little children. Mm -hmm. This is for the young people, and we're going to enforce that age, that age limit this year. We're going to be very strict about it so that she doesn't have to compromise 
the training program to accommodate and, and do all of those things. Our young people are facing intense opposition and challenges. And we have to okay, and we have to equip them. And the environment has to be conducive to speak very honestly. Young people have a lot of things that they have to get out mm -hmm. and be able to address that younger children are just not ready to be in the conversation for as well. Well, also, younger children are too fidgety. Absolutely. So they'll constantly break attention. The attention span is very small. Yeah. And they'll break, they'll just keep disrupting the classroom, not even meaning to, but enjoying themselves. And Absolutely. then also there are a lot of spiritual dynamics that happen in these classes where you do not want your child who is defenseless because of Absolutely. lack of training or whatever to have to pick up another thing. You know, we what we are covering are heavy subjects, but those heavy subjects have, obviously, you know, heavy anointing. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that our youngsters uh, that way we hope to one day be able to get somebody who says, I'll do, I'll set up a, a three-day daycare center yes. there for the other people. And, and, you know, or when we get a larger facility, we can do that. Um, but right now, we have to do what's going to keep the body. If you want to bring your children, and I know some of you are because I know some parents. You're like, I don't care. I want to go. I need to be there. I'm bringing my child. You can do that, but you need to hire a sitter. If you want to bring your children, you can need you need to hire a sitter. Tulsa has those what do you call it? Those day babysitting mm -hmm. you know, day rates. Day rates. Yeah. Uh, you can do that if you want to do something like that. That's fine because I understand the fact that you feel the urge yourself to be there. And then some of you were just doing it because you want your children under the anointing. You think that's going to help you? That's great. But that's not effective. That's your method. That's not ours. And I'm not entirely sure it's something that God wants us to get into right now. But there is that op option. You know me, I have options. If we can find them, we're going to look for them. Mm -hmm. So you can bring your children, but you have to have daycare. Now, when I say daycare, I mean a babysitter. We don't have daycare. If you decide that you have a good idea to help us get that, that's fine. We're open, you know. But it's got to be worth it for more than, you know, five or ten kids. Right, yes. But if you decide to bring your children and they're under the age group, which is not really, you know, well, yeah, it is. But if they're under the age group, I want to tell you, I want to go on record so that I am not the heavy. Do not leave your children in those rooms alone oh, without supervision. That is not the Paula Price yeah. way. That's not the new era apostleship way. That is not so cool. That's not any of us. I want to say that because if anything happened to your children, I am not going to be a liable. Yes. And our organizations are not going to be liable for your error in judgment. Bring a babysitter or hire one. We got a lot of teens that do come, you know, maybe they can help you out a little bit, although most of them we kind of need in this class. But I need you to do that, and I need you to think very carefully because I know that your heart is in the right place. You just want to do right by your children. But right. doing right by your children should not endanger them, mm -hmm. and it also should not put the, the uh, host at risk. So we'll, if you want to talk about that, I don't know. Maybe we have some, some what do you call them, some people uh, in, that works in these agencies who might like to get a little overtime because they're already certified, get a little overtime. Okay.com. Maybe we can do that. But understand, we're not going to let your toddlers 
and your youngsters in these sessions, it is not in their best interest, and you really won't like what you get back. Amen? Amen. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say, I say yeah, it like that. Yeah, it has to be addressed. I just want to finish up this. If you, oh, do we have this? Oh, it's going to. Can you see the dog? I think it may have turned off. Okay. Yeah, it's no, it's fucking. The reason I'm showing you this is because I get a lot of people who say, I get a lot of people who want to know what we do differently, how we do it differently. We often talk about gift versus office. We have a whole program for gift versus office because it's important to do it. What you get here, I know you might think, wow, that's deep. Boy, I got everything I need. You don't. What you have with a seed, and a seed without a ground, yeah. and a ground without an environment is just a seed that's dying. So um, I wanted you to see this. If you look at your screen over here, you understand, you see all of these are scales. And these are scales that you live with every day in your job. You live with that. You live with them saying you're amateur, novice, learner, skilled, expert, peak expert. But here's what's interesting is, is that these are liability danger, risk, and problems. Mm. And a lot of the, the people who are in ministry today cannot even discern these. And then, because they come out of the good news gospel, bless their little heart, they don't speak negative. They, they just go, you know, pray the negativity out. Those of you who vote for elections and say, well, I'm just going to vote my, my, my bias, I'm going to vote my ethnicity, I'm going to vote my, my feelings, my sentiments, or I'm going to vote... My approval, you can do that and then say, and I'll let God fix them. I'm going to go on record to tell you right now. Please. Companies don't hire people today until they're very sure because they know once they're inside, fixing them is harder because being chosen already affirms the state in their consciousness as it is. So you go and you put people in who are incompatible, people who are, are um incapable, and we can go on and on and on, you, you do that and you think that, okay, so then God will fix him. Let me tell you something. God's not your handyman. Mm-hmm. Come on. And many of you all treat God as a handyman. He is not your handyman. God's not step and fetch, run and get. God is not the psychotherapist. Because if he wanted to do every psychotherapy, he wouldn't have put him in office. And you all are talking about, well, God put him in. No, you did because you thought God served you. So stop voting like that. Be diligent. Be uh, intelligent. Same thing with your marriages. Y'all marry all of these wrong people, and they say, God will fix them. God, if God was going to fix them, he would have fixed them before you married them. But since you intervened, you stopped their fixing. Mm. And you're now going to live with their present existence. Stop saying I'm going to marry somebody and God's going to fix them because he won't. I'm telling you, God's attitude on marriage is this. As long as you're separated, you're my son and my daughter. When you come together, you are now my married couple. I treat you as one, and I have a word on marriage that says that the husband is going to be over the wife in that marriage. I know we try to make it in ministry. He never said it about ministry, but he did say it about marriage. And he said to the woman, he said, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. When you marry him, you change the rules of your relationship. 
and he becomes the direct intermediary authority between you and God. Church pastors are up here telling you to get married because they want to make sure that they can say, I got four of some couples in there, or, or you having children so they can bind the women up from pursuing destiny, all of that kind of crazy stuff. But when God puts a marriage together, it's healthy, even if it's, because some of them are very uh, dynamic or explosive. Because God likes putting two strong people together to see see how they work it out. I'm going to throw y'all in there. There you go. Work that out. And so, and then y'all go to him separately. God fixed this woman. He goes, she goes, God fixed this man. God's like, no, y'all become a marriage couple. Y'all become, and he doesn't call it couple. He said, y'all become a union. Mm. I talked to him last week. He said, I wish y'all would stop using couple. I don't use couple. He said, I use union. Wow. Because when you unite, unite to, you get a union. That's why the homosexuals think they us. Mm. See, because when you look up union, union is more than a coupling. Union is an infusion of the two beings. Mm. And it got to fit like a puzzle and not a slack. Moving on. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> well, that's that screen. The screen. Here you see the DNA, the brain, and the nervous center. You are a prophet or you are who you are by your physiological makeup. And when God calls you, he calls you because he's all, your existence is the prophecy. And then we go over here, we see the office. And again, we see beginner, learner, proficient, and expert in the office. We don't, most people are somewhere between beginner and learner, especially if you're a gift. That's why I don't use the word gifting. When I say you're a gift, you're a gift. You know, because their gift, so in, my, in their word, a gift is the anointing. In my world, gift is the title. You're a titular. So you're a gift. Now, we look down here, we have, look at this. Now, we have experts. Look at how many ways they have sliced this. First one, amateur, novice, learner, skilled, expert. The next one over here, beginner, learner, proficient, expert. We go over here, we got average, skilled, specialist, expert. And here is the master. And so all of these are the realms or the, 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 the construction or composition of a professional minister, prophet, any fivefold. In the end, the least you should aim to be is a specialist. Mm-hmm. The, the, I mean, um, yeah, a specialist. That's the middle of the road. To get that way, you first must be a master. You must be a master. And so God wants us to think differently because he's judging us based on what he's always judged. Insufficient. God uses the word in the Bible, insufficient, unable. You know, he uses those words. When you look them up, they mean this. And so last one, we're always, the one who has gone to far enough to not just practice, not just utter, practice, or perform, but also can produce and reproduce and can instruct you so that it's more than a, a what do you call it, a, a superficial instruction, it's substantial. When the, Paul talked about Christ being formed in us, mm-hmm. all right, form means substance. It doesn't just mean essence. Right. Hmm. And so many people are running on the essence of Christ. We have his presence. If you're satisfied with God's presence, like a static piece of furniture in your world, then you operate on essence. But if you and God are 
collaborating and interacting and accomplishing what he's, what God gave Jesus to do. See, because some of you all don't care about what God gave Jesus to do. But if you're doing that, then you're dealing with the substance. And so you are, that's why you, 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 people talk about weight. The far greater weight of glory is the substance, the substantiality of Christ in us. The entire, not just his name, not, let's start off, not just his philosophy, not just his doctrine, not his dogma, not just his seed, but his full, with the fullness of the measure of statutes. I mean, you are the substance. I mean, Jesus Christ reproduced it, not just reconstructed, but reproduced himself in you. You embody the whole solidarity of the man. If you and some of you who have been preaching a long time to give you a quick test, go back maybe 20 years and listen to your sermons, mm. and then go to last week and listen to that. And here's what you're going to hear: you're going to hear two different voices, two different sounds. As Christ began to substantiate Himself in you, That's good. your voice changed. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You still know, like I was listening to uh, one of my first sermonettes. Oh, look at that was <laughs> what six. 13 years ago, 16 years ago, something. And I was like, oh, no wonder people thought we were little children. <laughs> and that will happen. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, wow. And, it's, and, and your voice is heavy. One of the things that God does, because words are important, he's got to work on your voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there are voice elements and voice factors that do a work that sonar, the ears, don't do, fall short of. So people tell me all the time, no, we were in a restaurant when we were out with the twins. Yes. We were in a restaurant. Yes. And so I was saying I wanted to go to a certain place. And, and so I said, well, I could, I could come incognito. I can put on glasses. I can change my look, and I can go to this place. And the dear said, you'll be fine if you don't say anything. She said, because you can't that. talk. And then so one of them said, that's right, because you have a very distinctive Man. voice. So you can't talk. I have this, I've always had a standout voice, but my, my voice has never been this distinctive, so much so that when I'm in airports and people don't see me, they hear me. Yeah. So why? Because God's got to give people an ear to hear and a voice that they will respond to. Mm-hmm. A lot of you all, you know it's not your pastor because they don't move you to obey. You know it's not your mentor because you think you know more than them, and you're not willing to change. When people come under me, I don't care how powerful they are, how high they are, they recognize that God set me in a place in their life that they can trust. And because they trust that place, then they comply. Because I'll tell you, I don't deal with anybody. If you give me a fit, I don't have to. You understand? I don't have to. I'm not defined by numbers. I'm defined by quality. And I'm telling you, now numbers happen, and I do get those. But understand, I don't need to sit up here and say, I got 40,000 sons in the Lord. You ain't taking care of two. 40,000. Oh, my God. You know, just an example. You know, I don't. I want you to understand, you're going to tell me how many people I have in the Lord because you're going to listen to my folks. My folks sound like me. It's your prayer. And they have their own voices. So I don't need that. So if God's talking to you about your word, you better start looking at the things he's doing with your voice. Mm. There are some praise and worship leaders, they say, ah, la, 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 you're hallelujah. And somebody else, they, they bang in and sweating and hot, what not, and you're like, <laughs> they didn't finish getting processed. See, we need to start talking about what being processed by the Holy Ghost really is. 
and really tell. So you go out on your gift, you go out on your talent, and the naive and the and the superficial come and visit you. And some of the very deep people come to visit to see if it's something they need to support and get behind. But I want you to understand, if you let God finish, it's effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You don't have to sweat. I think about my my prophets that we finished, you know, the ones that we commissioned in ordained. I think about them. I started my first little broadcast, two people. They start theirs with 300, 400, 500, by the end of the week, 1,000. You know why? Went through the process. Submitted to the process. So you can say, well, I don't understand. I mean, I've had people say to me all the time, well, you know, I can do what you do. Well, then go ahead at it. But let me just tell you, before you try, I'm throwing, before you get started, I'm throwing all my trials on you. Uh-uh, don't be doing that. That ain't God. It ain't God for you to say what you said either, but it's just me not doing well, God. I know I okay? You want my prophet. You want my prophet. <laughs> because otherwise, you're going to be a, a very poor, counterfeit copy. A poor, a poor, a poor copy. <laughs> so, you know, it's three folks. But I say that. <laughs> well, you know what, though, Dr. Price? It's true because now that you have pushed us, and she pushes us into all these things we do, uh, and we now appreciate it. Yeah. We have to go Yes, but people now <laughs> can hear the difference between those who were inspired and shaped by your books. Yes. And those who were mentored by your hands. Yeah. Because I give secrets in, in, in the secret chambers. That's why they call it the secret chamber. <laughs> <laughs> See, you get secrets in the secret place. <laughs> okay. So, but if you wanted to be in the open lecture, lecture hall auditorium, which is what happens, you get what everybody else gets, that's fine. And I'm okay. Jenna. And I'll tell you one thing that I've learned I don't touch anything. Anybody who's not touched by me. So if I don't touch you in some sort of significant way, then I, I don't. Then if, in other words, if my my words, my teachings, my experience hasn't touched you, then guess what? I'm not touching you. Cause see, I, God uses that to prime you for me. Because I get people to come here right now, and they do all of those kinds of things. We come in because we really want to serve, and then you come here, you want to serve, you don't show up. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I bind you up then. You just don't know what I do in secret. You're going to show up for class. You're going to meet yes. the Why? I told them yesterday, I was talking to Apostle, but you know, Adi, you remember this talk too, don't you? You'll, t- you'll say yes. You'll say here. yes. So I told my all my, my girls, and it was nine of them starting out. I still got, what, eight? I don't know. But anyway, eight of the old. Most, yeah. Yeah, most of the old. And I told them, I said, let me tell you something, because, you know, people like to come in and say, I'm mom. So let me just tell you all how Dr. Price is his mom. Now you remember? I'm just going to lean on this chair right <clears throat> now. <laughs> she remembers. I said, let me tell you something. Don't call me mom if you're not going to be the best, because I work at being the best of the best. You will not flatter me into letting you drop my bar. I'm not flattered by that. I'm flattered by the fact that these women, they deliver. If you're going to be, if you're going to call me mom, don't you ever act like you don't care about what I'm doing, because I will write you off. Now, Dr. Price, explain, what does it look like when people act like they don't care about what you're doing, because they think it's only tied to showing up? No, on the ground. no. 
caring about what I care for, being a burden bearer, bearing the load, not sitting there blowing off my leadership as if my leadership wasn't trained by me. If you blow off my leadership, then you're going to blow me off. I'm not impressed. I keep telling you all, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm in the gold and silver years. I'm going to be golden a little bit. But, baby, <laughs> you're going to be platinum. Baby, I'm going to be platinum. You're already gold. You're about to be platinum. Don't tell, and don't, don't, don't tell my leaders off because I'm oh. telling them off is telling me off. Don't decide that you're going to do well for me. You're going to run out of the shadows to come and carry my bag, and nobody can get you to do a piece of help. We, I got three people doing a job of ten. If you, I told my own daughter, she will tell you. If you, if you Facebook her and ask her, she will tell you. I said, if you're going to be my daughter, you're going to be the best of the best because you, your children are to bring forth after they, your own kind. I told her, you're going to be the best. If everybody else gets a D, you better get an A. I don't care how many people don't get it. If folks say I'm tired or I'm sick, you better put on something and come in and show up because that's what being at the top means. And if you're, you're going to be my daughter, you're going to be my son, you're going to deliver, or you're going to say, I love being your disciple. Well. I will never let anybody who's slothful call me mom. I will not let anybody who is lazy, neglectful, indolent, I won't let you do it. And you know why I won't let you do it? Because it makes it look like I didn't raise you. It makes it look like I have a double standard. I let you push these women, and I push my other sons, but yet with you, I was easy. My baby daughter, and let me tell you something. For those who don't know, Dr. Paula Price loves her daughter, who is in her ministry, I love all my daughters, but that one that gets in the trenches with you, that trench buddy, these women are trench buddies. They fought with me. They man, days that I was sick. I couldn't get up. I'm in the hospital. Nobody, the nurse don't even need to come because these people, this way back, they all in the way. I'm telling you, when they do a paper, they don't do a paper for themselves because they know that if I'm going to approve it, it better be the best they can do. And I need to see best becoming better and better becoming better. So all of that there, you know, I, I'm just going to call you mom. You're going to call me Dr. Price. <laughs> call me Dr. Price. I'll be all right. Well, typically, when we're dealing in, with that kind of chain of command, it's the person above you who initiates <laughs> that kind of license yes. in the relationship to say, I'm your spiritual mother, mm-hmm. I'm your whatever, Yes. not down up. I think that's very poor church training. It is. That I'm going to tell you who you are to me and how I will approach you. I was like, are you kidding? This is not, honey, let me tell you, first of all, I'm not a mom. I'm a matriarch. That's very different. So I am the female chief in your life. And I'm okay with that. Is it true? But they'll tell you, it took years for me to call them daughters. It took, uh, it was almost eight years before I said, but you are. I thought, bro, I've never seen an Ashley. He's like my daughter now. And while I went to sleep one night, and he yeah. wrote her in my spirit. He just wrote her in it. And then I turned around. I'm thinking, well, he does the same thing with the deal. And he writes me, and she doesn't even want a mama because she's trying to be free. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, good. I'm, I'm all right with the mother thing. Got that cover? Thank you, Dr. Price. My mom, love her. And you know what? But when God gives you somebody as, uh, as a spiritual son or daughter, it doesn't make a difference how difficult it is for them to see it. It's your job to know that if they're written in you, what's in you is going to take them over. Yeah. And so I do. So when, if you're going to call, and I mean whether you ask, because y'all like to visit up there and say, hey, mom, no, 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 I need you to come and become like a superstar. My people got to be superstars. I know they folks that, is that the truth? Well, you know, we have yet to really encounter people 
who lead with moms that don't that don't compromise standards and use that. So in professional settings, especially now, she'll say, no, no. Yeah, and I'm not surprised right here because you coming in with mom. First of all, you always you always you say, I need to know how you treat your mother. First of all, yeah, because most of y'all don't like your natural mother, and others got bad memories on your natural mother, and others don't even have a natural mother. And you know what that means? I'm gonna take all of the bad medicine. Right. I ain't doing it. I'm not doing. It. Earn your place. I will tell you when God wrote you in my soul as a as a uh, offspring, as opposed to a a trainee mm-hmm. or sheep. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, and if you're going to call me mother, I expect you to be better than anybody. Don't ever say, I, if I got time, I'll show up. Don't do that because I write you off. See, I am the mother that will disinherit you. First of all, first of all, you've got to be written in. <laughs> because you calling somebody uh-huh. mom doesn't actually mean they wrote you in. My, <laughs> let me tell you why. And you all will like this. My team, those that I call my sons and daughters, they care about me winning. They care about me looking good. So they're not going to do things that cause it look like I have double standards or look like my word doesn't matter. They don't want to have me have failed enterprises. These women, all of them, these, honey, please, they are like that. The only one that came in another way is Maude, and Maude lets you know I'm, I'm coming in another way. I'm going to be a daughter, and I'm going to do it right. Yes. I said, well, then come out. What? She delivers. She delivers. Or and whatever. Makes everybody else fall in line. So don't get it in your mind that if you call me mom, uh, that's going to give you some indulgences. No, it's going to be harder because I need to know if you are as tough as I am, as good as I am, as the, as stable and sane. My my folks know this woman has been over um, first fruits of praise. I don't even know how long. I told her one time, don't ever start late. Don't ever start late. I'm telling you, we don't do that. And she she agreed. Her mother raised her that way, so it worked out really well. You know, so like, I got a little stuff. At least that was not a hard She has been handling the children and 55 other things for over 15 years. I'm not going to blow off 15 years of excellence That's right. for novelty. So I'm not doing that. But if you're going to do that, if, and I say that to them, if you're going to do that or you want to eventually get in that place, you got to make me look good. you got to make the leaders look good. you got to be able to trust the institution I set in place since you want to be part of it. Yeah. See, that stuff pastors don't say, and instead they just ignore you, or they fire you, or they demote you, put you off in some corner, and you go off thinking God has punished you and God has cursed you, instead of realizing that if we took time to say, I need you to recognize this is how I operate. God trusts this to me. You know, I've got one rule. When people come to my organization, they learn very early, I don't give authority to anybody. Not mine. I, I will share it. I'll delegate <laughs> But I'm going to be the only shot caller in this here thing. I'm going to be the only shot. I'm telling you. And, and, and I was like, I keep saying to God, why did you choose me? I was like this as a kid. Because you were like this as a kid. Because I, I was like, why are you choosing me? Because, I mean, when I started my, sheep don't come. We are not the church of Laodicea. Uh. Sheep don't call the shots here. Now, I know that you all got a lot of Laodicean churches out there. God bless you. Work with them. Because Laodicean is just a biblical word for humanists. Mm-hmm. And cultures. So I'm not that. So we now I will uh, I entertain counsel. I got a counselor. I entertain counsel. I love my people to show their brilliance to me. Show it off. Show it off. I am not offended. Rule your spirit. Exactly. And then I say rule your spirit. And when they can't do something, I said then go get it with your mantle. Work your mantle. 
Those are things. That, so that's why they're strong and powerful, because I don't have the whole ego trip. Well, I don't want people to think they're smarter than me. First of all, I'll just leave that. Is that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> because I gave everything for this, and God has rewarded me with some phenomenal things. But I just want you to know, and those of you who are out there who are real spiritual mothers, you need to stop letting your spiritual offspring call the shots. Mm. And you need to make them deliver, because if you're going to be, because I'm telling you, if they're there to siphon, they're there to harvest, then they better deliver. I don't have a problem, but you better be good. And when you fail, you know, y'all know me. When you fail, fix it and show me how well you fixed it. Yeah. Come on, show it, show it off. Show it. Just go and do it. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I, I need you to understand that all of you are, you have indulged your mentee so that all they do is sit and look in your face. No, first of all, as a mentor, be the best. Absolutely. Always be t- at least two Two steps ahead of them. I'm probably about ten ahead of them. Right, I don't know. But at least be sufficiently enough ahead of them that they have something to <laughs> Leagues. Thinking ten leagues. <laughs> Galaxy. <laughs> because, and do you know why? Because I will not stand up and fight for a God that's not worth my superiority, that's not worth my excellence, that's not worth my supremacy. I'm a gold That's why the world, that's why people went over to them deities in the world, because they felt they were worth it. But I know for a fact Jesus Christ is not only worth it, but he has gifted me and impacted me to do it. So when I say Jesus is all that, people going to want my Jesus because I'm all that. And I'm all that because I want to make sure people see nothing but the best of the best. That's sloth and laziness and carnal. We don't do that. What do you mean you're going to come when you get there? What do you mean you're going to show up at another day? What do you mean you got a better idea? You went a better way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, I was like, when I think about people treating God that way, yes. it, it grieves me. Doesn't it grieve you? I was like, this man can snap a finger, no, flick an eyelash, and we buy the coffin. <laughs> Candy, he can flick an eyelash. And you're like, oh, I ate something. It's chocolate. Oh, oh. And nobody knows the Heimlich maneuver. You're out. Out. Told the bone to stay in your throat. You're out. Oh. See, because that we will always live in God's mercy oh, and understand God. that he has options and alternatives to his mercy. Oh, my God. And when we compel him to have to fall into those alternatives, we can't win. You can, Paul said, I tried to fight him. I, I couldn't win. He was too, too strong. And I le- really want you to understand that if you're going to be a mentor, be a mentor and be something that your mentees want to model and not just uh, emulate or, or be fascinated by. Some of these things, people are, are following you, calling you their mentor because they're fascinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told my people, don't be fascinated because this is in, this treasure is in an earthen vessel. And honey, let me tell you something. It goes human on you in a minute. <laughs> I work hard to make sure that I model the Jesus Christ brand of Christian ministry. Mm. He has a brand. He has a style. And I like it. I tell him at night, I say, you know what, Jesus, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I said, I really do. I like it. Come on, let's do some more. <laughs> and, you know, he started giving me all of these uh, brandy new abilities. I said, well, God, I'm going to need some drills. He said, be careful what you pray oh, for. Geez. I said, I know, but I'm still going to need these drills. I, I mean, when it's all over, yeah. I'm still going to need them. And so I need you to, as, as mentors, fathers, and the Lord, stop saying you somebody's father in the Lord, mother in the Lord, if you didn't beget them or if they did, if you didn't read. Beget them. 
So if you then beget them again, then you need to stop saying it because you are literally acting as if you're dealing with somebody who's been on the system. Half the church, these people in the church, I'm a fathers and mothers, act like they've been on the system. Right. That's why I, if I'm going to be, and I tell them, if I'm going to be your mother, I'm going to call the shots. Because my other children, I call the shots. And I'm going to develop you. And I'm going to love on you when it's time for love. And I'm going to uh, scold you when it's time for scolding. I'm going to restore you when it's time. And if you get too difficult, I'm going to put you down. You just sit on down. Sit down and let the Holy Ghost. They tell did I not? What, one, what did I say? I commend y'all to the Holy Spirit. They don't ever like to hear me say that. I gotta close my eyes. <laughs> I say either I'm gonna I'm gonna be the mama and he's gonna be the papa, or I'm gonna be the mama and you're not gonna have to fall on the mercy of the papa. And so I do. And and one day I was training them. Is it all right for me to share this? Because if it's not, it's too late. You have to tell because people think that this is like magic or something. One day, you know, your people can get in the group thing and you don't know it. Where they all resent a particular thing. And that thing breeds a spirit that locks. And it becomes a stronghold. So even though they're, you know, they want, they're not wanting to criticize or talk about me and whatnot like that, which I thank God for all the time. But the Holy Ghost says, uh, your prophets have stopped hearing you. He said, release them and turn them over to me. Jesus. And I said, huh? He said, yeah. He said, I'm going to break your prophets and I'm going to train them. Baby, I will let you just inbox them and ask them that, how that turned out. And he would no. not. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> when I say no, when I say he pulled back his head, a lot of these prophets are in trouble because they're under punishment with God. Because yeah. they didn't allow God to break something that needed to be broken, mend something that should have been men, and they did not respect his chosen mentors or went and got mentors that was compatible with their rebellion. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling you, he did so for almost it was about a year almost, I couldn't touch him. I didn't have a class, not a word, nothing. When your mentor stops talking to you, you should be concerned. Yes. When your prophet or your chief prophet or your pastor prophet stops giving you the word of the Lord, you need to be concerned because God has, has literally turned his back on you right at that moment, and he's giving you the cold shoulder and the silence treatment. Mm-hmm. And because he's doing that, and he will continue to do it until you get so frustrated and you start asking for truth. Because, see, you were running on a lot. You were running on delusion and deception. But when you start saying, okay, Father, okay, God, just no matter what, and it, but you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it, and blah, blah, blah. And don't try to con him because you understand that God can't be bribed. you got nothing to give God to change his mind that he doesn't already have, that made up his mind. So, when you start doing it, so afterwards, after a while, he said, okay, they'll hear you now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I went on. We, we resumed training. But the, because I'm a pioneer, I'm a ground, I'm a pace setter, I'm building and all those kind of things for first because I'm doing things that really we don't have a record for. Because of that, he could not allow them to resist me because they were fighting me. My peers were fighting me. My colleagues were fighting Everybody was fighting me. And all of that was causing me to not want to do the ministry or not want to hear him any longer. So he had to say, I need to get your arms and legs straight. And he did. 
Some of you all will, will, will let me know because I'm telling you, some of you, you know God told you to train so-and-so. You did all of the work. You laid it out. It wasn't just to come sit at my, day, at my table, snack on a, a pizza, and let's just talk. My people don't they get that kind of training. They got that. You better deliver training, and I need to see that you're changing mm-hmm. because we have to become what we're called to do. Yeah. God works from the inside out, which means it's always substantial. I don't know if this is helping anybody. Is this helping anybody? Are y'all? Oh, yeah. Amen. Share, share, share. Share, share. Share, 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 share. has to be mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, I mean, when I shut up, you need to know that because, see, my people need to know. When I shut up, it's not because I don't have anything to say. It's because I'm not wasting my words, and there's too much power in my words. I'll smile up your life saying things that you won't hear or you won't eat. Your life will be smart. So I'm just going on and let it go. Meanwhile, the Holy Ghost, he's not intimidated at all. He's like, I called you to be a prophet, a prophet you're going to be, and you're going to be good at it. I said, okay. They started telling me some of the things God was saying. I was like, ooh, Jesus, I wouldn't have never done that. (laughs) Well, and this is our youngest prophet. What I love about Adia is that I got her as literally as a teen, 19. Am I right? Yeah. 19. At 19, she's still trying to find her own way. <laughs> and she would go and plan all of this stuff, and she would get hooked up, and she would get a hammer up. Oh, I'd say, go get a deer because she's trying to go somewhere. Bring her back. <laughs> and she'd come back not knowing why, still working hard. And you know what? Because she had a different life. Mm -hmm. But she was never disrespectful to me. No. Never. And she would always, she'd show up no matter what, silent, moody, broody. I don't even know why she was there. Why do I keep coming back? And she's working. And and for those of you who don't know her, Adia has an excellence chip that just is natural to her makeup. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anybody's going to stand out, it's going to be Adia. And so, and all of them do, but everybody has their thing. What I liked about Ashley, I still love, Ashley is going to be the governor. Absolutely. Baby, she going to govern. She got a policy, a, a, something for everything. <laughs> Baby, policy, protocol, we were just in a session not too long ago, and they wanted us to change everything. The governor. Look, we've been in existence ten years, you and we're not changing our protocol. I said, "Oh, I'm sitting next to Brown. How did this thing?" But and then she said, "Cause it's never worked out for us." Yeah. And you know what? She's right. I know that. I know she is going to tell you first of all. She is going to run you through the mantle. That girl's going to dig up in your mantle like nobody does, and she does it like looking like she's sweet. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and everybody's like, and everybody yeah, in the room is like, this shit is like she's speaking. Yeah, well, my, you know, what is her favorite thing? Well, my dear. Well, my dear. Well, my dear. My dear. Okay. And you know. I'm about to get it. <laughs> but, but they are three different replications of me with different emphasis of what I do and how God made it. So I'll tell anybody, I am literally, I can tell you, I am pleased and proud in the Holy Ghost to call them my daughters because I know I can die tomorrow and this thing will still live on. Hmm. All of you all here, you know, some of them have been with me like, I don't even know how long. Some of them <clears throat> fought, me for, fought me for 14 years, 15, <laughs> 13 years, 18. <laughs> but you know one thing I knew? 
that the word of God out of my mouth would not fail in their soul. And that's what I look for. I don't just look for words that don't fail in public. I look for words that don't fail in their soul. Because the Bible said, when you are converted, strengthen your brother. And they're strengthening you because they're converted. Oh, you know, that's a shame. Way to bring that home. Yeah, we're good. Sure, God, Jesus. (laughs) Yes, he did. Because I want to, and I'm saying that, you know, I'm going to let you all speak on this. This week fell into another thing. But I just need you to understand that if your soul isn't converted, you will fail the Lord with all the love and affection and and appreciation, even reverence in your heart. You will fail the Lord. And the reason you will fail the Lord is because you will take all of that love, affection, appreciation, and reverence and put it in a wonderful little box that is filed away for when I worship, when we're alone, when I'm in devotions. Meanwhile, everything outside that box has free reign, and it defines you. And, that, and you will go in that box when you're lonely. You'll go in that box if you are one of those people who are just regimented. I'm just going to give three scriptures a day, two songs, and a prayer. And so you will go in that box when you have need, when you are on demand, but you will never let that box change everything else about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about all the time. I mean, I can't even tell you what they went through. Well, we just don't understand. I mean, why don't y'all do this? Why don't y'all do that? Why don't you? Why, why don't y'all date? They don't date because I'm not giving their husbands trash. And we thank you. See, I feel like if I kept them this way, then God got men that he kept like that for them. Well, we need to make sure that the husband won't be disappointed either because I've got a lot of y'all spouses when y'all got on the other side of I do. Wow. True. It was a different story. True. Did I go there? You went there. I know. Yes, I am. I'm like, uh-uh. Like, I get people to say, well, I've got to do this. Like, trust me, you won't stay with me long because I'm going to keep preaching what is right, and you're going to want to do what's wrong. You understand that right and wrong don't get along. They usually have a separation. <laughs> I'm like, because when I think about it, I'm going to do a whole show on dating. I'm going to tell you what dating really is because, see, y'all, some of you all think that that's supposed to be. you got pastors that's got you hooking up with nasty people, vile folks. They're telling you it's okay because they, it's not good for you to be alone and everybody got needs. That's because they hold in their own heart. Because the Bible says as you, as you speak out your mouth, is what you feel in your heart. So they're letting you know even if they weren't married, they'd be doing what they're encouraging you to do. We got pastors telling same-sex folks to get married, marrying lesbians and, 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 and gay men, and talking about, well, I think it's all about how you going to, you don't represent Jesus Christ. You can't because there's no gender for that. God has no gender for the homo sexual lifestyle. No gender. He didn't write a gender code for that because he considered the codes that produce them to be perverted and distorted. So uh, for your pastor to put you together in sin and for your pastor to stamp your ticket to hell, you need to be concerned. Did you want to say one blue? You can say a blue. You can say blue. Okay. A blue and a star. Did you want to say a book? Hallelujah. Okay, there were so many good things today. Um, I think I want to go back to you talked about the link between adultery, fornication, bigamy, and homosexuality. Illicit sex is the link there. I love what you talked about right after that. You said sex is cursed outside of marriage, which, which we've talked about on this program before, but added to that today that curse because that's how Satan reproduces yes. 
That was yeah. good. And that was powerful to make that connection because we talked about that on this program. And I think connections are so important because they help you to articulate God's mind on things mm-hmm. and help you understand his reasoning yes. behind things, which I think is something that apostleship really brings. Like that's mm-hmm. the uniqueness to me of, of an apostle's mantle. Mm-hmm. They're helping you connect those dots and bring the reasoning. Why does God, why is God displeased with this particular thing? So I thought that was really powerful. Excellent, excellent. Um, excellent commentary. Well, the piece on cursing from earlier, um, as you were talking, I was looking up the origin of that word. And you know what's interesting? Um, there's not enough time on this kind of program to go all into it. But um, some of the origins of that word go go all the way back to the German word for penis penetration, yes. which, of course, is why, why the, why F, the word. F word was associated with sexual, and, and not just sexual, but like crude oh, right. sexuality. Well, like rape and, and oh, sodomy and violation. It's actually a very dis- Disgusting word, which is why it ended up being um, termed um, inappropriate mm-hmm. coarse language mm-hmm. for us. So I was—I didn't even have time to really, really look into it because I was well, trying to well, finish that because we covered that. Yes, because it was interesting. But I just okay. love when she says, "Look up things," because usually when you do, you find you know all of these reasons. Because we so divorce what we do modern in our modern culture from its origins. Yes. But that's that's where that word comes from. Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad. Make sure you do that because now you all heard it here. On the Paula Price Show, why the F word is so important to <coughs> sexuality, yeah. but also why the media and arts and entertainment need to do it because the spirits that are taking care of them are actually raping you. Mm-hmm. So they need that. That's why it sounds so much, and they work hard at it. So you are living that spiritual rape molestation. All the time, because you think it was religion. See, she didn't get. She didn't use a scripture church thing. No. It was a. Not, it, it's not a religious thing. It really isn't. It has everything to do with the authority you give unclean spirits mm-hmm. in your life and in the life of others. Because the witchcraft is at the top of that. Because they're working all sorts of arts, curious arts, sorcery, and whatnot. Then you need to understand. All of those things are precursor to um, uh, what do you call it? to falling deity sex. Mm-hmm. That's what they remember, the sons of God. Where did you think that came from? So I want you to finish that because I think people need to know because I think we need to be able to yeah. say it. We'll probably put all sorts of, you know, disclaimers and we're not going to do it. So if you all are thin-skinned, don't go out there and say, you know, we're being vulgar for the sake of. No, we've been, we're, we're letting you know we're, what I want to say. We're academic, what is it? Academically exposing the vulgarity that you've been told is okay. And now you know why God is not in your church, why God's not in your prayer group. You now know, because Jesus is like, are you kidding? I get that on the sovereign side. When I move on the Savior side, I want sanctification. See, on the sovereign side, he can't avoid any of that. But when he comes into your church because he's in your body, he wants sanctified words, words that heal and not kill, words that that build and not tear down. That's what he wants because he is the word. Otherwise, he has to break out against you. And a lot of times we don't realize that these churches are in trouble because Jesus is breaking out against them. That's right. Yeah. Did you have a star? Okay. You got talk? Okay, I'll do one line and then we'll do your offering. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, will you all still give me an offering after all? <laughs> well, I still get something. I'm just going to say when, a person, when you said when a person wants to lie, the truth doesn't speak to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Icing on the cake. That's it. Well, that was quick. Let's collect some money. Okay, okay. she's re- Okay, guys. Here I am. The vessel of truth. 
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.